Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Let's welcome in and welcome back ESPN College Basketball Analyst and a fine one, ESPN College Basketball Recruiting Director and former Horizon League Coach of the Year, the great Paul Biancardi is back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Paul, how are you, buddy? I'm Greg Powell. I am terrific. I just landed in Louisville. I got Georgia Tech and Louisville tomorrow in the ACC. Man, um, that's, uh, you know, I, I the thing is, if it weren't for you calling that game, admittedly, I probably wouldn't ask you about it. But I, since, <laughs> since, but since you're calling it, in all, in all seriousness, um, I, I, when I sat down with uh, Damon Stoudemire at the Final Four last year, you know, I knew him as Mighty Mouse, NBA point guard, loved watching him play. But he was really impressive in talking about the way he wanted to attack building the Georgia Tech program. And look, they're 10 and 13, 3 and 9 in the ACC, but they've beaten Duke, they've beaten Carolina, they put a scare in others. Like, I, I think if he's there a couple of years, Georgia Tech's going to be a force. What do you think about the job he's done so far? Oh, I think it's been terrific. And you can tell he's got such a young and new team because they, they're like a roller coaster, right? When they're on top, they beat Carolina, they beat Duke, they beat Clemson, and they go to Wake Forest and they lose by 30. Uh, that's going to happen with a young team because they can't sustain the focus and intensity. Unless you played college basketball or coached it, you understand that the younger your roster is, uh, the more you know roller coaster type effect that you're going to have during the season. The good thing is they're young. The bad thing is that they're young, but they feel like they can win any game. And I, and I really believe that Damon will get this program inching up more in the ACC. It, it's that first year in and you know, you're in the ocean and you're with all kinds of sharks. You got to figure out the, you got to figure out where to go, get your players, and then have a great staff to develop them. But I love the kid, Miles Kelly. Uh, Nathan George has been a real pleasant surprise for them as well. Now I'm going to put a pin in the ACC for a second, and I want to go back to the Hornets because I know you love talking Hornets, and I got to give you your props. You and I, for the second straight year, hosted the NBA draft show here on WFNZ last spring. You said unequivocally the Hornets have to take Brandon Miller with the number two overall pick. You celebrated. You fist-pumped again. You screamed when they took Brandon Miller with the second overall pick. Uh, Contrary to what some people felt that night, but boy, it sure looks like you were right again, Paul. This kid looks unbelievable ever since the Terry Rozier trade, and quite frankly, throughout most of this season. What have you thought about the way that he's played this year? He's been fantastic. I've been over to a game. Actually, I went to the game against the Knicks where he was terrific. That was the game Coach Clifford uh, got the technical fouls and and rightfully so, because Brandon Miller got hit on the head in that possession where Cliff got upset. Uh, they're going to build a team around Brandon Miller. He is what the NBA is all about. He's a Paul George type. The jump shot, the passing, the handling. Now with the pace in terms of learning how to get open, uh, that's getting better every time you watch him. He doesn't go one speed. You know, he's the franchise of the Charlotte Hornets. You put him next to LaMelo Ball, and you got Miles Bridges. Those are your big three. So, okay, so what you just, all right, just for clarification, because this has been a raging point of debate, you know, for about a week now, because people see Brandon Miller coming on. They also see LaMelo Ball has a $200 million contract. He's already been an all-star. Um, it's been presumed for a couple of years now. This is the built the key building block. But you're saying, hey, you're building this team around Brandon Miller first, yes? Yes, I am. Okay. Absolutely, because, you know, I, LaMelo Ball is extremely talented. LaMelo Ball needs to show that he can help the Hornets win. I mean, that's just the fact. He's helped them win games. He's got to help them win more. And he's got to be better on the defensive end. Offensively, 
he's as good and as gifted as there is in the NBA. So when you put him next to Brandon Miller, as they continue to mature and grow and, and take this more seriously, that's when you're going to see the, the Hornets rise in the standings. Okay. Paul Biancardi, ESPN College Basketball Analyst, ESPN College Basketball Recruiting Director, former Horizon League Coach of the Year. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Uh, real quick on the Hornets, too. Yesterday, trade deadline, maybe the biggest trade deadline day in, in Hornets history. Uh, they deal Gordon Hayward to OKC for Trey Mann and Davis Bertans and Vasily Micic. They deal P.J. Washington to Dallas for a couple of Charlotte natives in Seth Curry and Grant Williams. Just what do you think about the players that are coming their way uh, in those trades and the guys they dealt away? Well, I love the guys they got coming in. I'm a big Grant Williams fan. Obviously he's a local kid. I followed him throughout his high school career in Charlotte, North Carolina, Providence day. And then at Tennessee, he just elevated his stock, his body, his game, his leadership went to my Boston Celtics because I am a Boston native, as you know, and I thought he did a great job fitting in with the Celtics, Become a three, became a three-point shooter, great passing, uh, small ball power forward, if you will. And he was not afraid to take on the challenge of, of guarding a, a Giannis Tukumbo, uh, whatever his name is. I can't say it. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, Grant Williams has the toughness that's going to help Charlotte a lot. And, and, and Seth Curry, uh, obviously, is a shooter and a guy who's local. So I really like those two guys coming in. I, I like them a lot. All right, Paul, uh, let's get back to hoops tomorrow. Let, let's go to uh, to Carolina here. Just the last week, we've seen them beat Duke, fall to Clemson without Seth Tremble in a frustrating game that you know Armando Baycott was pretty vocal about, and now they get a chance to bounce back again tomorrow at Miami. Um, I expect they'll be focused and, and ready to start early, but it's Miami on the road. The Canes need a win, and uh, Jim Laranega's crew pretty frustrated after the UVA loss. How, how are you feeling about Carolina in Coral Gables tomorrow? Yeah, they got to go down focus. I, I, they might have lost their focus a little bit, the players, not the coaches. Anytime that Duke-Carolina game happens, I always look at who they who's on the schedule next. For Duke, it was Notre Dame. So that was a, a, a good schedule for, for Duke. For you know North Carolina, it was Clemson who definitely needed the win. They felt the urgency. They played to their capability. Uh, they were terrific against North Carolina. North Carolina was good, but, but they weren't on their A game against Clemson. So they got to go down and be focused against Miami because I'm going to tell you something. Miami is a dangerous team right now. They have talent. They have not been good recently. They have chemistry issues. Sometimes they don't play as hard as Coach Laranega wants, but they have talent. You can't let that Miami game be a trap. All right, uh, we, we also have State at Wake Forest tomorrow. Man, Wake's bounced back after a tough loss to Pitt, and NC State just took a tough loss to Pitt. Who, who's coming out of this one? Uh, this one's a real toss-up in my mind because I think Pitt is very good. I think Pitt's a team that could could sneak into the NCAA tournament. They have the roster. They have the foundation. I, I like their team a lot. This NC State game against Wake Forest is going to be a lot of points on the board. Wake may be the most gifted offensive team in the ACC outside of Carolina and Duke. They really score the ball at a high level. And, and NC State can score. They can go up and down. They're going to pressure Wake Forest. Uh, and this one's going to be really close in my mind. I, I think NC State squeaks it out, though. Okay, we got Paul Biancardi with us here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Paul, a couple quick things. We'll, we'll let you go. Um, Duke and Boston College tomorrow. It, it's in it's in Durham. Um, I like Earl Grant. I don't think his team is necessarily equipped for this challenge, but uh, stranger things have happened. Speaking of Pitt, I mean, they did this in Durham, in, in Durham not that long ago. So Duke tomorrow, Boston College. What's important about this one, I guess is what I'll ask. 
get off to a good start. Yeah. If you do, it's really important because BC has that capability to hang around in games. And when you hang around in games and you're into the second half, the underdog has a great advantage. Obviously, teams like a Boston College and, and teams that are in the lower half of the ACC, uh, they're playing with a, a different level of urgency than maybe a Duke, Carolina, Clemson, and even Virginia right now. Those guys are, you know, near the top. I know Clemson is still in the bottom half, but I think they're coming up. So BC is a team that's gritty. They're tough-minded. They can hang around. Quentin Post is a terrific player. And Kyle Filipowski, not just in this game, but in all games, he's got to watch his foul trouble. He gets two quick ones a lot of times, and, and there's games that he's got four fouls in the second half, and, and then Coach Shire can't play him as much. He's got to be able to defend without committing unnecessary fouls. Clemson-Syracuse. Uh, Brad Brownell and company coming off that big win at Carolina. You know, I don't think anybody would be shocked if they fell flat on the road, but uh, if they're going to follow that win up with another much-needed win and, and fight back toward the NCAA tournament, this feels like one they've got to get, and the same is probably true for Syracuse. Yeah, well, Syracuse is just trying to, you know, continue to get some hope, you know, confidence and momentum as, as they try to fight their way. But for Clemson, I mean, they're trying to make the NCAA tournament. That's that's the single focus right now for them. P.J. Hall was terrific, you know, in the Carolina game. He's been great all year. Girardi shoots it from the outside. They had that inside-out game. The kid, Ian Sheffrin, he's been the X factor. Almost 10 points a game, almost 10 rebounds a game. Uh, I think they handle Syracuse. All right, last thing, Virginia, Florida State, two teams that were in a pretty rough way about six, eight weeks ago. Uh, but they've really turned things around, especially Tony Bennett's team. But Leonard Hamilton is doing another great coaching job. They're both, you know, uh, well over 500 in the league now. I mean, it's a big for, big one for both teams, but it's in Tallahassee. Who gets the dub here? I think Virginia walks out with the dub. It's going to be close. You you can't replic- replicate the, the length and athleticism of Florida State. I'm telling you, they may not be as talented as some of the teams that Leonard's had, but I'll tell you what, they're long. They deflect. They close out. They play really good defense. They struggled at scoring at times. Virginia is on a roll because Tony Bennett simplified the pack line defense. He shortened his rotation. Uh, They're on, I believe, a six-game win streak. I think they go down there and they win a close one against Florida State. Paul Biancardi, we appreciate you, brother. Have a great weekend. We'll be watching tomorrow. Have a great call. All right, thanks, Kyle.